بسم الله الرحمن Assalamu alaikum. Today it is the 25th of May 2022 and it is a Wednesday. In our series Reflections on the Holy Quran, this is broadcast number 317 and we are looking at the meanings of the words in Chapter 2, verse 101. And uh, this is the fifth broadcast in that series. Just to remind you that uh, these broadcasts are brought to you courtesy of LASER, which is Lahore MGS School of Education for, for Education in religion, which is a subsidiary, a part of Ahmadi and Yuminishate Islam. The uh, Ahmadi movement was created by Hazrat Mirza Uram Ahmad of Qadian, who taught us that although People say that after the Holy Prophet Muhammad, another Prophet can come. This is untrue because the Holy Quran says that the Holy Prophet was Khatmun Nabiyyin. And the Holy Prophet explained its meaning by saying, La Nabi Abadi, there is no Prophet after me. So that means no prophet, whether an old one or a new one, can now come. Claimed that in accordance with the Hadith, he was a reformer, a mujaddid. And further, that Hadith also speaks of the coming of a Messiah and Mahdi. And he said that these are two titles <clears throat> and they represent a particular Mujaddid's work. And uh, as such, they apply to him. He is the Mujaddid who is to be called the Promised Messiah and Mahdi. He also pointed out that Muslims are too hasty in calling each other kafir. The Holy Prophet Muhammad had said that if one reciter of the kalima says to another reciter of the kalima 
that you are not a Muslim, then it is the person saying it who is actually a kafir and heretic. You can see how seriously the Holy Prophet wanted to discourage this. So everyone who recites the Kalima should regard everyone else who recites the Kalima as a Muslim and should not bring themselves under this fatwa, under this verdict of the Holy Prophet Muhammad. Hazrat Mirza Ghulam Ahmad also taught that Muslims say some prophetic revelation has been missed out from the Holy Quran. And some prophetic revelation which is in the Holy Quran is abrogated. He said that this cannot be right because God says in the Holy Quran that I am revealing the Holy Quran and I am going to be its guardian. So when God says he, he is the guardian of the Holy Quran, then how can anything be missed out from it? How can anything in it be abrogated? So what is the point of revealing something and then 10 minutes later abrogating it? And Hazrat Mirza Ghulam Ahmad said that jihad is a fundamental duty of every single Muslim. But jihad is defined by the Holy Prophet Muhammad who while returning from fighting, said Muslims are returning from the minor jihad to the major jihad. And he went on to explain that the major jihad is jihad bin nafs, a struggle against your own soul, a struggle against your own desires. The Holy Prophet called that the greater jihad. But of course, if you're attacked with the sword, then you're perfectly justified in responding to that attack with the sword. There's no point in making a fine speech to a person who's uh, trying to kill you <clears throat> about beauties of Islam and so on. The first thing is to protect yourself from uh, uh, death. So let us turn to the Holy Quran and the verse that we are going to look at today. A'uzu billahi minash rajim Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Walamma 
ജാഹും ഹിം and when they came to them a messenger from allah verifying that which they have the party of those who were given the book through the book of allah behind their backs as if they knew nothing so today we are going to look at uh, al kitab and kitab and basically the root is the same so you could say that's one word i guess allah and wara okay now it's the the root of both the words is kaf ba ba and using those three letters we find seven words in the holy quran and in total they occur 319 times Two hundred and sixty times, we have the noun kitab. It's a common word in Urdu, it means a book. And so it's a noun. And then forty-nine times, we have kataba. And uh, the rest of the occurrences are, are in ones or twos. but uh, these are common words in the urdu language like katib someone who writes maktub what is written uh, generally that refers in urdu to uh, a letter so it's to write but interestingly it's also used in the holy quran to stand for an order a law to prescribe to ordain that you must do this or what uh, etc now give writing so the uh, the basic meaning of the word alqatbu is that you tape two pieces of uh, something bark of a tree or uh, leather or something an animal skin or whatever and you sew them together 
That's why the tabtusikaa is I have sown the uh, water carrier. And those of you who know Indian Pakistan and so on would know that there are people who come round and they have this contraption called mushk and they fill it with water and it is leather that is sewn and tied together. Um, now, although, and it, it means writing because you join together letters to make words, but uh, it, it, it also applies to uh, verbal communication, I guess, because you take words and you put them together to make a meaningful sentence. Um, so, the Holy Quran in chapter 2 verse 1 says about itself, Alif Lam means Alikal Kitabu La Fi. This book, this is referring to the Holy Quran, there is no doubt in it. So, uh, some people attach there's no doubt in it with the following text. Some like here attach it to the preceding text that there is nothing to be doubted uh, in this book. Again, the Holy Quran in chapter 19 verse 30 says, Inni Abdullahi Atadiyal Kitab I am a servant of Allah and he has given me the book. And we have Al-Kitabu, the word, the first word, and um, it's ba basically that's the basis, but then what happened was, and, and uh, that is that uh, something on which there is writing. And then uh, uh, the compilation of these things came to be called Kitab as well. I mean, the Holy Quran says, Yes, yes, Aluka Ahlul Kitabi An Tunazila Alehim Kitabam Minas Sama, chapter 4, verse 153. O Muhammad, people of the book, they say that uh, you should bring down from the heavens a book and uh, by a book it means some writing you know a page on which something is written and uh, the holy quran itself refers to paper in chapter 6 or 7 it says and again Awas is a word of Urdu as well. 
And uh, the Holy Quran is saying, even if we had revealed to you the book written on paper, Kitab fi Kirtas, Kitab written on paper. Now, what happens is that, of course, one, the, 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 the first step is that you conceive of something, some idea or whatever. So whether it's an estimate or a guesstimate or a supposition or a duty or whatever it is, it's an idea in your head. And then when you express it with your tongue, and then the final stage is that you preserve it in writing. So basically, with anything, it's these three steps. That first you think about something, then you express it with your tongue, and then you write it down. So intention is the beginning, and writing is the final, uh, whatever you want to call it. But it also means, but when you say writing, you know, that means something that is confirmed, that is going to happen. In chapter 58, verse 21, God says, Kataballahu. That it's Katabala, it's God's writing that my Rusuls, my messengers, and I shall prevail. It's my writing, Kataballa. I have written it. You see, Kitab means a law, an order, something that's going to happen because, you know, the, uh, metaphorically we say, you know, someone says something, you know, ask you to do something and say do this or whatever, and you say, where is it written? Where is this order that I should do this? Another one, chapter 9, verse 51. Kullain yusibana illa ma kataballahu lana. Say, nothing can harm us except that which God has ordained for us. Here, God ordaining something is kataballah. But God has written down. So that becomes an ordinance, that becomes an order. I guess it could be that, uh, you know, it's like uh, the law normal parliaments pass. And, uh, you know, people speak a lot and so on and so forth. But what is the law? And that is what is written. But 
even that doesn't have any force until the queen, the head of state, signs over it. And it's after that that uh, it becomes uh, enforceable. So you can see that sometimes we just read things um, and move on. Um, but uh, if we think about it, I mean, every year we have Ramadan and we recite this verse, Oh believers, fasting is ordained for you as it was ordained for those before you. So, what are the Arabic words? Kutiba alaykumusayam. Kutiba. It's written down that you will fast. Maybe literally. But of course the meaning is that that law has been made. They've been made compulsory for you. You have to do it. Again, Lima Kutabta Alainal Kital, chapter 4, verse 76. Why did you make jihad? Actually, this, this is a mistranslation here. Mistranslation, why did you make jihad? Why did you impose jihad as a duty on us so early? But the word in Arabic is not jihad. Lima kutibat alaynal qital. Jihad is not used there. And this is where confusion arises that people translate things and they put their own interpretation on it. The word is qital, which means literally could be killing or fighting. So why did you make fighting? Why did you impose on us the duty to fight to defend Islam? But people who translate it, particularly into Urdu, they say, why did you make, why did you impose upon us jihad as a duty? But jihad is not the word used there. Jihad is much broader. As the Holy Prophet uh, said, you know, uh, when returning from fighting, he referred to fighting as jihade sakhir, the minor struggle, and jihad bin nafs, controlling your own desires and feelings and so on. He called jihade kabir, the greater jihad. So this is something that uh, people should be careful about. That we impose, and this is the problem with translations, that people impose their own thoughts and ideas when translating. Uh, and this is why we're lucky 
that we have the original in Arabic of the Holy Quran. And this is why Muslims, uh, you know, go to such lengths. Although translations of the Holy Quran with Arabic and so on, they cost much more to print because you have to have the Arabic calligraphy. And when you print it, then, you know, the number of pages is two or three times the number of pages it would have been if it was only English or Urdu or whatever. But I mean, take the, you know, the example of the verse that I just recited. If the original wasn't there, I'd be re uh, reading. Why did you make jihad? Why did you impose jihad as a duty on us so early, so soon? It doesn't say jihad. The original says kital, fighting. And then, of course, we have Balawa Rusuluna Ladaihim Yaktubun, chapter 43, verse 80. Yes, they hear it all. And uh, our angels note everything down, write everything down. Now, here notice Balawa Rusuluna, my messengers. So the word Rasul is used here for angels. And this is what people fail to understand. When they talk about Rasul, they think it's, of course it is, like Jesus and Jacob and, and, and so on. That this word has a much wider application even in the Holy Quran itself. People, ordinary people, bearing a message. Though this word is used for that. Rusul. Malawa Rusulunala Dehim Yaktubu. And they write everything. Now the question is, do all the angels have pens and paper and so on? I know army officers are told that you must always have a pen and a piece of paper in your pocket in case something happens that you need to note it down. But how do angels write down these things? is the word used. Somehow, somehow, there is some means of preserving everything that we do. What it is, is we don't know. All we know is that all our actions Everything that we do is going to be preserved. And one day we'll have to account for those deeds. And uh, this is what people forget.
And another important thing that we should remember is that generally it is thought that when the Holy Prophet Muhammad passed away, the Holy Quran was sort of scattered all over the place. It was on bits of leather and some paper and etc, uh, etc. Et um, and uh, even bones and leaves. And the Holy Prophet hadn't compiled it, compiled it in the form that we have it now. But the fact that, you know, the word kitab is used shows that uh, it wasn't all scattered. Kitab, as we started off, it says something that is bound together. You take two things and you sew them together. And in fact, one thing I didn't remember during the uh, Urdu broadcast is this, that the old story about Hazrat Umar Ta'ala uh, he wasn't a Muslim at the time and uh, he became very angry and he thought, you know, I'm going to go and uh, martyr uh, the Holy Prophet Muhammad and end this uh, thing, uh, etc. And someone met him and they said, well, first take care of your home. Your sister and brother-in-law have to embrace this law. Now, the next part of the story is when Hazrat Umar arrived, his sister and brother-in-law were reciting the Holy Quran. They heard Hazrat Umar and they hid the pages on which that revelation was written. So that shows that from the very beginning the Holy Quran was being written. There's the, then there's the other incident that uh, I think it was Surah Qasr that was written and nailed to the Kaaba with a challenge produce something like this. So, and the other thing is, you have to remember that the Holy Quran was recited in Taraviyah during Ramadan. And even if it wasn't recited in Taraviyah, people like to read it from cover to cover, from beginning to end. If it didn't have a structure, if it hadn't been compiled into a book, how would people be able to learn it by learn it by heart and then recite it during Taravi prayers? If if it wasn't available, like you know, something compiled. And different people had different bits and pieces. What happened? I read all the bits and pieces I had and then I knocked on the neighbor's door and I said, Dear, look, you know, I've uh, finished the bits and pieces that I had. Can I borrow your stuff? After I finish reciting that, I'll bring it back to you. We know this didn't happen. There's no mention of this. So that shows that the Holy Quran was compiled 
in this form, in the form that we have it, by the Holy Prophet himself. And that was what made it possible for people to commit it to memory. Without that, it wasn't possible. So, with that, I take my leave of you with the prayer that whoever you are and wherever you may be, may Allah keep all of you safe and sound and free from harm. Assalamu alaikum, Khuda Hafiz, goodbye.